0: we're just kidding we're not going that we're going with the astros come on everyone knows that's the, that's the bands that we're rocking if you're in kingston uh next saturday august 6th i believe the date is yeah uh, the mansion 8 p.m uh astros concert
1: it is literally free to go have fun it is free, free. To
0: go and watch good
1: music be played Zero live Zero
0: dollars and there is lots of hair flipping there's lots of hair flipping of oh, you you're a big so rock man Connor's brother has nice hair, but like they're, they're, uh, all of them. Is it their lead singer or the lead guitarist that has like the like mid back long
1: hair? Oh, their bass player with like the bright red hair. Yeah. 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 He does jump up and sing too, though, uh, occasionally. But yeah. All of the, all the guys in the Astros, uh, not a hair metal band, but golly, they could be. They look like it. Something. They could be. They could be. Uh, yeah. No, it's, well, uh,
0: Welcome in, everyone. It's a lovely Tuesday episode. Uh, I am extra chipper because, let's face it, I won the CFP Fantasy League this weekend. Uh, I have oh finally bounced my. back. We went 3-1 and one in Wade's wagers. So, like, why wouldn't I be happy? Well, there's some school stuff that I'm not happy about, but Connor heard that off air. Uh, guys,
1: uh, guys on cloud nine after the long weekend.
0: Still on. Gets, the long gets a long, gets a long a weekend. I guess we
1: are recording <laughs> on the Monday gets Um, the long weekend gets the win gets the win in wagers good weekend for wade
0: i mean we're gonna rock through this so i changed that roster around i had to go with zach claris you did that was 27 points andrew harris sneaky 11 points jalen acklin keep keep being the leading receiver in the league dalton shown professional touchdown catcher uh, sorry to his buddy who he had to miss out on the bachelor party. Did you see that clip?
1: <laughs> oh, that was so good, man. I had to miss the uh, bachelor for that, party for this one. But. For those
0: that didn't see it, uh, once once uh, Dalton Schoen scored his first touchdown, uh, he came back to the camera and said, Tommy, sorry to your bachelor party. Uh, hope this makes up for it. And like, come on, dude. You that just catch good. that. Dalton Schoen on a corner route. Or Geno Smith on a seam route? Who are you taking to win?
1: You mean Eugene Lewis? Yeah. You said Geno Smith.
0: Oh, I'm thinking a quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Let's try that again. Dalton Schoen on a corner route or Eugene Lewis on a seam route? Who are you taking to win?
1: Dalton Schoen on a corner route all day long. Can't go against my... Actually, they're both my guys. Jeez. Ah, That's a tough one because Geno Lewis is our guy from last year too. Dalton Schoen has just been, uh, can I take both? Because they're both going to be open. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> uh, so to supplement those two fantastic receivers,
0: I also had Curly Gittins Jr. going. Uh, it, honest to God, felt like he caught every single pass for the first three quarters for the Argos. Uh, he he did, ended up man. with six of 84. <laughs> oh, my word. Uh, and then I had the Cats defense who noshed another eight points, but that's okay. Um, so the fantasy, I mean, I beat Ray for a week, but Ray is still holding court over the rest of the league by a long shot, so uh, it's going to be tough to bring him down. It's going to be tough, but we are at the halfway point and Ray Perkin is currently the leader in the clubhouse at the uh, CAFP uh, league. You guys can still join if you haven't yet. Um, but Connor, it's August, which means
1: training camps training camps not cfl training camps because we are in full swing it is not 2020 here we are not cfl training camps in august this year we're talking U sports training camps they're just around the corner oh man oh i'm way too excited way too excited we saw the we saw the oua put out their their post today um earlier today, saying we're less than a month away from the OUA season, which means we are um, probably thereabouts for the rest of rest of the league as well. But man, U sports football season is like peeking its head around the corner, trying to take a look.
0: All right. So what we know for U sports football uh, this year is that this is an Olivier Roy podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the, the Olivier Wa fan account, official fan account of Olivier Olivier Wa. Ghostingers. Uh,
0: another piece of information that we have is that the Huskies secondary is going to be very long and very fast. So we are we're here for that as well. Uh, I think it was Catley Joseph they added a couple weeks ago. So that's, that's another way, piece. Way uh,
1: too rangy. Way too rangy. Out,
0: out east, uh, it's a ride the bus fan club.
1: Yep malcolm bussey
0: and uh in uh the rsec we just want chaos outside of outside of our in the the rsec
1: in the rsec i would like a concordia dunsmore cup that's what i would like if we're all in on the chaos i would like a concordia dunsmore cup uh
0: but there's one conference that you guys know we do some exclusive work with and that is The biggest, the 11-team monstrosity that is realigned to not have an East and West division anymore, and that is that Con and I are back for year number two with the Ontario University Athletics. (laughs) So we're back. That's it. Back back the week. We're back for the week. Well, we're back for the year, technically. but with a Vanier Cup being held in uh, Ontario and a certain Purple team looking to defend their Vanier Cup with now second-year quarterback, Mr. Hillock, uh, we've got some some predictions, some bold predictions, maybe, to go through with the OUA.
1: Yeah. Uh, Are we doing the entire OUA? One bold take for each OUA team? uh i think we already
0: did that with our one big wish we know one big doing. wish yeah okay Couple so we're takes just gonna for do the OUA like, this year yeah predictions thoughts what we're gonna what we're gonna probably see
1: not team specific just some yeah. quick we're just having fun because the oua announcement came out we're a month away we're excited so if you would like to listen to um a little bit more in-depth analysis Go back and listen to our OUA wish list Again, I, um, we're going to be compiling that as like a written thing as well, and that should be coming out shortly. But uh, if you'd like to hear us cover off our thoughts on the OUA or what we want to see out of the OUA this year, go back and listen to that. As of right now on this podcast, we are going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to be talking some hot takes, bold predictions. Would you like to start?
0: Uh yeah I do (laughs) Uh, my bold prediction is that the Wolford Laurier Golden Hawks are going to roll out a new quarterback this year and they're going to be one of the top four teams I'm going to say top four because I think Western and uh, Carleton and Guelph are certainly going to be up there and Queens has a a very good chance as well. But I think Laurier will be a top four team. So they will be hosting an OUA playoff game this fall. I, I think that they're going to get back to Laurier football. That defense is going to be athletic. They lose Tommy Bringy, which is huge. But they they bring in freaks all the time on defense. That's, that's nothing new uh, for Michael Falls and his program. So the defense will be fine. Offensively, their line is going to start pushing people around. I feel like they're going to get... Back to a run heavy offense uh with a young quarterback and kind of let him grow similarly to what Weston did last year.
1: I like that, I like that a lot. I didn't I didn't know that's I'm where you're all gonna in. go. I didn't, I didn't I'm think all that's in be on the Boy Gold
0: to be a force. I don't think they're gonna win the OUA, but I think that this team is gonna take a right step in the direction they want to get back to, which is eventually hosting that Yates Cup but I feel like they are going to be a force this year to push people around
1: with. I actually really like that. I was thinking about, I I didn't know where you were going to go and I was thinking about maybe going in a Laurier direction. So I'm glad that you, you did. I will shy away from that, but no, I I'm, I'm with you. Like I think Laurier in the OUA this year has an opportunity, a good opportunity to be a top four, top five team. Um, Like you're saying. So uh, there's a lot to, A lot to like about Laurier, especially with that coaching staff. I know we talk about them a lot, but man, like it's, it's the thing that we say about Laurier football all the damn time. Like they just go to the league. They put players into the league. They're so well-coached, so well-instructed, so well-rounded. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to disagree with that take at all. And I don't even think that's a bold or a hot take. Like, I think that's just a good, solid piece of analysis. All
0: right. Your first one.
1: Maction. We are going to see some Maction this year in the OUA. The McMaster Marauders, this is my hot take, my bold take, the McMaster Marauders are going to be hoisting the Yates Cup at the end of the wow. year. Connor goes off the top of his Yates Cup prediction. Okay. Uh, reasoning.
0: I think I know one. Can I kind of speculate on it for you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me your Andres thoughts on Duick, my thoughts. Andreas Duick cuts his interceptions down to three in the year. He was at Eight last year, he went eight and eight for touchdowns and interceptions. Big old Jameis Winston ratio. I think he cuts the interceptions way back this year. Um, Watching the Argos game on Sunday night kind of made me realize that that year that Dweck had, where they went to the national semifinal and got pushed around by Calgary, Tommy Neal, Tyson Middlemost, two CFL receivers who didn't really have CFL value production, but have the athleticism and have stuck on teams like Tommy Neal, two that's, big that's not plays being, in that Sunday game. That's not being talked about enough that he had two CFL guys. So last year yeah. was not only him getting back to it, but him trying to find chemistry with that are not yet on the level of a middlemost and Tommy Neal. Uh, I Gosh. think Jackson cooling certainly to help with that uh, <laughs> in the, in the receiving department, as he starts to grow. I mean, we saw him just ha- his athleticism on display in the return game. Um, but no, I think Dweck is going to take a good step forward and they always have such a good team, especially with coach Potask there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be hoisting the eighth couple your bold prediction, but, uh, I could see them definitely being a force.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you hit basically every, every single nail on the head. Like I think that I'm not going to come out and say that I think Dweck is going to be the best quarterback in the OUA or throw for the most yards, but I think he's going to be the most efficient quarterback in the OUA I think he's going to do a very good job of finding his receivers downfield exploiting those underneath routes exploiting those intermediate routes and you know it's just going to be a true true Steph Potasic McMaster Marauders football team and the other thing that I will say about Mac is they always have good defensive units always doesn't matter who's on the back end. And I mean, this year you've got Josh Cumber who now has years of experience under his belt. So he's gonna be able to lead a back end of that defense. And I think that Mac, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's bold that I'm saying that they're gonna hoist the Yates cut, but I don't think it's unrealistic. I think that we are going to see a bit of a resurgence from Mac, not not a resurgence, but a push back into that number one spot for Mac. Uh,
0: Okay, you ready for this one? The coldest take followed by a kind of hot take. You ready? The Western Mustangs will indeed run the piss out of the football this year. That is that is my is, that, is that even a bold take? No, that's you what I said. It's
1: the
0: coldest, <laughs> coldest take. Now here comes the hot take with it. Keon Edwards will be
1: eclipsing a thousand yards in eight games this year. Do you think Keon Edwards speaking? Do you think Keon Edwards can break the OUA rushing record this year?
0: No, I do not think that Keon Edwards will break the OUA single season, which is also actually the U Sports single season rushing record held by Jesse Lumsden uh, with eighteen hundred yards. Uh, I personally think he'll eclipse a thousand in uh, <laughs> in the eight games, which you know it's it's been done quite frequently. I mean, uh, Dylan Campbell with Laurier was at. 11:15, uh, 15 um, but no, I, I think he's going to eclipse that. The backfield's going to be his with Edward Benotti, uh to share. I, I'm interested to see how they kind of split that workload, but Keon Edward should be big dog number one uh, in that backfield from the get-go. Um, and while they will have Mr. Hilllock growing up his, uh, his game, I think they're going to stake with the roots and what got them through the Vania last year. And that was the run game.
1: Yep. Um, hard agree. I don't think that is uh, uh, worth disagreeing with at all. Like he was the best running back in the league last year and he's back again behind a very similar offensive line. that always seems to get a good push. Um, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Uh, I'm going to go a little hot here, but I'm going to Guelph. I think Wait, 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 timeout
0: time. Out. time. Timeout. Keon Edwards had nine games with 1,100 yards. So I'm going to say. Uh, nine games with 1,100 yards. Yeah, like total, total for the year. So I'm going to say in an oh. eight-game season, he's going for 1,200. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-up my hot take to make it a bit hotter. Okay.
1: 1,200
0: in eight games.
1: Okay. Uh, it's doable.
0: It is. It's it certainly is very, doable for him. Very doable for him. Uh, he has to average over like 140 yards a game but which is still a lot. I mean, yeah, like it wasn't last year, but uh, we'll certainly be
1: monitoring that one. I can't wait to watch him this year with another year of experience with, you know, more coaching, more reps, more time in the backfield, more time spending, you know, in the film room. Uh, Very excited to watch Keon Edwards play football. But like I said, I am going to Guelph here. Clark Barnes is going to find the end zone the most in the OUA this year.
0: Outright touchdowns leader.
1: Outright touchdowns leader, Clark Barnes.
0: Okay, that's a good one. Uh passing I, touchdowns leader, just, Tanner Young.
1: Oh, yeah, that's not a hot take. Tanner Young's yeah, gonna I like mean, the it Kind
0: of is. I mean, they've they've had such a heavy run game uh for the last couple seasons. I I feel like he's gonna just turn it on, light it up.
1: Uh, yeah, it's not something that we haven't seen Carlton do when they have the quarterback that can that can run that offense, though. Carlton has shown that they will put the ball in the air when they have a quarterback that can do so. Uh, Windsor will road trap two people,
0: Toronto and Ottawa week one, week three.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The (laughs) Ottawa one is the one that I'm looking at. Not that like, not that I think, but it's still that it's just such a long road trip. Like from Windsor to Ottawa, sitting on a bus, And I know they're probably going to travel the day before and stay in the hotel. And then, you know,
0: I guess, I guess the 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 day before, but like
1: with this now and teams
0: having to do the cross province travel is we've got, I guess two, this will be the third season where teams have kind of been shunned away from staying in a hotel because they haven't really had to make long road trips. Uh, this could be the first time for most of these guys that are in their third year of school <laughs> where they have to go on a road trip and stay overnight. I know I know some schools like Toronto uh, and York probably did when they went to Carleton and Ottawa last year um, to play in the nation's capital. But for a lot of these guys that are, were in different s- scenarios, like Queens wouldn't have had to travel in the OUA East and stay in a hotel anywhere. That's a quick day trip up and back to yeah, Ottawa. No or Toronto. So, yeah. So, um, to me, like, that's that's going to be a big thing early on in the year as teams kind of figure out how to play on the road and Windsor's going to take advantage of that with their first two home games.
1: I think so, yeah. I, th- I think you'll see Windsor take advantage of it. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a tough road trip depending on where you're coming from to to spend that long on a bus. And I don't care if you're going up the day before, to spend that long on a bus, kind of be uncomfortable and in, in, not in your own situation in a hotel room and then have to go to a field that you're not, you're not familiar with and get organized and get ready and... Yeah, it's it, it, the Windsor games are tough. <laughs> um,
0: okay. Do you have any others? I got any I got other that I'm kind of holding on to.
1: Yeah, I got I got one more, and this is I don't know, it's, maybe it's a cop out, but I'm going back to Western. Uh, Kojo O'Doom is locking down the entire conference.
0: We did you not say Defensive Player of the Year? I did. Yeah, did yeah that was my wish.
1: Know? I my wish was to see him win Defensive Player of the Year. My bold prediction is that he is going to lock down the entire conference.
0: Not really bold, but it's a good prediction. Uh, I think he's just that talented. Uh, okay.
1: So my, good, man. My last one. Uh, and before before you move on yeah. to Queens, I I just... They're pairing Kojo O'Doom with Bleska Cambamba, man. <laughs> that secondary is so scary. Uh, all right, I'm sorry. You,
0: Queens. All right, we saw Queens dominate the OUA East last year. Uh, I think they had undefeated record up until the Yates Cup. Uh, my prediction for Queens this year, their defense is still going to be nasty. Uh, this yeah. is not this is not news. They've lost Anthony Federico, but that coach Beckman is going to have the squad rolling defensively. My bold prediction, though, is offensively, this team is going to regress. Rashid Tucker no longer there. I think they are going to struggle heavily during the first half of the year to find out their identity. Uh, it's going to cost them a couple games uh, as we look at their schedule. Toronto, Ottawa, Western, Carlton, Guelph. In those first five weeks, you could see them going two and three. And from a team that went undefeated last year, riding Rashid Tucker and James Keenan all the way to the Yates cup, uh, I think they're going to try to establish the run early. They probably will against Toronto uh, in week one. Week two, I think Ottawa is going to start to tighten that. And then they have to travel to London and play Western on the road for what I think is their Frost Week game on September 10th. To me, that's a game where if they don't have an identity, or even if they think they have an identity, they're going to get a huge reality check from the Western Mustangs defense. uh, And I think it's going to set the tone for the rest of
1: the season on how they respond in that game uh, early on. I agree. And I'm going to double down on your offensive regression theory. And I'm going to say that the offensive regression is highlighted by and the most obvious thing we can point to and say the offense is regressing. James Keenan is going to lead Queens in rush yards from the quarterback spot. I yeah, I could see that. And like this isn't to be a
0: shot at James Keenan because I think he's going to have a fantastic year. No, he is a talented but quarterback, but when you lose playing one dimensionally, yeah. for an entire season, like you can ask. It's tough. Basically, how that one went a couple of years ago? He set the school record for passing touchdowns in a year. But they couldn't make the playoffs because yeah. he was throwing the ball so much that teams were just like, "All right, we won't load the box against you." Yeah, and it was kind of that year. I think Clay led U of T in rushing or was close to it. Uh, yeah. and that was the year uh, prior to COVID. Uh, hitting. So for Jamie, like it's going to be a test and I think their defense is going to help bail them out of some games. Absolutely. But in terms of having the level of success they had last year, they need to find an identity offensively and they need to help establish
1: a run game post Rashid Tucker. And that establishing the run game gets even harder when I, and I know like we jokingly talk about it a little bit, but like the position of H back fullback is so undervalued and queens year in year out has had good ones but you're now losing Connor Burtonshaw and marquise richards at that spot who were two veterans on that offense for a long while and they were part of that offensive rushing success so where's that going to come from now where are those veteran blocks going to come from where is that fullback position going to be leaned on who is it going to be
0: yeah and i think they can like they have the weapons last year to threaten people downfield yep. but it's just a matter of how does that look now? When not everyone is diverting eight, nine defenders into the box to try and to try and stop Rashid Tucker from rolling down the field, right? Like the the defense are going to attack their offense so much differently this year with James Keenan as the focus. And yeah. to me, it's just a, how does this team respond to that?
1: Well, i mean, I'm even starting to wonder now with with that formula. Like, are we going to see teams load the box and say, okay, we know Keenan's your only runner. But he's also your passer, so we're going to give him absolutely no time to throw the ball, load the box, and force him to try to get outside and hit him in the backfield for losses or at the line of scrimmage or maybe one-two yard gains. But if you're not worried about a running back coming out of the backfield, it opens up a little bit more for the defense, especially if you can load the box, play a little bit of man man coverage in the back end, and only give Keenan two seconds to get the ball off. It makes it a lot harder to complete those passes when you're running for your life. Mind you, I
0: think if you're gonna pressure him, you're gonna kind of run into like the catch-22 Trey Ford situation, where like, yeah, if we miss on it's the touchdown, court, oh, you better, yeah. be, you just gotta walk off the field or get your PAT coming, <laughs> PAT team walking on. Like, if he gets out of that, it's it's gonna be hell because he'll make you pay on the ground. Or if someone blows a coverage and he happens to escape long enough to see it, you're gonna to be toasted. So,
1: and um, if you're if you're to that point, if your game plan with Keenan is to play spill on the defensive side of the ball, like, geez, man, getting Keenan outside of the pocket is almost a worse situation for you as a defense. Like, and he's
0: gonna spin back to his uh left side, yeah, he's gonna do the Tony Romo oh, spin to
1: the back. Uh. Left side, throw the, the ball 30 yards downfield. It always field.
0: works. It always works. I don't understand. Yeah. I saw Caleb Evans do it like two or three times in the game too. I'm like, why does this Why, why is this left <laughs> shoulder spin working? I mean, Tony Romo cost him like a couple years in back surgeries doing it because he got picked off once or twice on it. Like, yeah, uh, Tony Romo's Picked off now by I the um, But yeah, no, I, I, I'm I excited to see where this OUA season goes. There's so many questions. Uh, and we think we have a picture based off of what we saw last year. But having the conference reintegrated into one big mess instead of the East and West division is going to expose a lot of flaws and strengths of teams that were kind of hidden away last year. So, uh, and of course, the big wall of the card and all of this, we mentioned it briefly with Tanner Young leading the conference. Injuries. Like, we are we going to get a consistent year out of a Guelph quarterback? Because Sean Law had to miss some time, and then they kind of missed out. Uh, Tanner Young broke his ankle week two missed out the rest half of his season. Uh, and that kind of killed them against Ottawa twice and against Queens. Um, like who knows where this conference can go because uh, it's a long season. It's starting in a couple of weeks with training camps. I'm sure coaches are excited to get back on the field. And I'm sure players are very ecstatic for two days as well. Uh, the best time of the year to be around OUA football.
1: I am, uh, I'm way, 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 way too excited for the OUA season. To come back around. I think we are almost done today's episode, but we did just want to get to one thing before we jumped off. Um, the NFL disciplinary board is a joke. Ooh, yeah. Well, it's okay. a joke, it's a joke. So, Historically, it's a joke. Yeah,
0: but this is new. So this is uh the new appeal judge, Sue L. Robinson. Uh she's and brand new. This is a new part of the I'm
1: I'm not trying to speak on her character or say anything bad about her that's a tough job to deliberate and deal with this whole situation is difficult but the nfl is a league Goodell as a commissioner the pa whoever should have stepped in and said it's domestic violence guys there are 24 charges so this i was i was getting to that so here's the conclusion
0: from former judge sue l robinson The NFL may be a forward-facing organization, but it's not necessarily a forward-looking one. Just as the NFL responded to violent conduct after a public outcry, so it seems the NFL is responding to yet another public outcry about Mr. Watson's conduct. At least in the former situation, the policy was changed and applied proactively. Here, the NFL is attempting to impose a more dramatic shift in its culture without the benefit of fair notice to and consistency of consequence for those in the NFL subject to the policy. So pretty much she's saying the NFL has never been consistent with this. This is a new age. They weren't really concerned about Deshaun Watson playing in the year until everyone else made a big deal of Deshaun Watson playing with 20 plus allegations of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. So she's saying that like in the NFL's rule book, they can't suspend him for that long. Because they've, they have nothing written in their in their policies about that, um, but here's the issue with with this: Ezekiel Elliott's suspension was six games for sexual violence. Ben Roethlisberger got I think four games or six games for one case, two cases. So Deshaun Watson, they only presented Judge Robinson with five of his possible cases. So you're going to present someone with a quarter of the information and expect them to make a completely informed decision. And I know judge Robinson probably had to realize like, Hey, here's five cases. There's 15 others, 20 others sitting over there that are just like them, but that wasn't included in your decision-making. So to me, it's like, okay, I tweeted this out. If you're going to give someone who is demonstrating poor behavior, a minimal punishment, the behavior is going to continue. Like I'm going through teach college. I've been very open with that. It's no secret that when a kid's acting out in your classroom, or if you have children of your own and you just kind of go, Oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I guess what they're going to do tomorrow or the next day or the day after that, they're going to continue the poor behavior. And eventually Other students or your other children, if you whatever scenario you want to pick, will also see that behavior and say, well, that's all that they're going to do to deter his behavior. Why the hell wouldn't I go and do that behavior? Because let's look at the facts. Deshaun Watson netted a $250 million fully guaranteed contract, did not have to work all last year because he held out. He was not suspended last year. He held out because he wasn't happy with the organization. Then he got set fully guaranteed contract without playing in a year and having all these allegations. And the only thing that he's gonna miss is about like half a million dollars, under half a million dollars, because that's his base salary for this year. Oh, and he can't go and get his own massage therapist. It has to be teams, the team set, setting it up. So yeah. what is the consequence to Deshaun Watson? Oh my, he misses a third of a season for sexually assaulting. 20-plus women. Yeah. I understand trying to set a precedent, and the NFL is trying to do that, but they had to go through this independent mediator, and she's saying, like, look, you guys have nothing in your policy that says that he should be suspended for that long. On a moral level, he shouldn't be playing at all this year.
1: I mean, shouldn't be playing
0: at all. Like, there's there's something to be said. Someone I'll always bringing up, oh, well, what about Michael Vick? Michael Vick went to jail, served his time, had to do all of his... Went to prison. His, like, he served time and then came out and had to still do extra stuff and still had to... Michael,
1: Michael Vick went to a federal penitentiary for his crimes.
0: Like, he served his time, came back. Deshaun Watson's not serving any time. He took a year off And got paid in full. Got paid in full and then got a fully guaranteed contract while being a sexual predator and sexual assailant. Yeah. And the NFL is just, slap the wrist. Oh, sir, please don't do that again. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Josh Gordon got suspended for nearly six years for smoking weed. I will say
0: the the one example I've seen people is like, Oh well, Calvin Ridley got a year for betting. Okay, that's different. That's gambling on, like that's a huge conflict of interest. Like, and that the, you know you can't do that. Yeah. whether you, you know just, you can't actually assault someone either, but it is literally written into your contract that you can't be betting. Like, even for Connor, like we had to change Connor's covers to my segment where I'm betting because it's written into Connor's contract with the CFL that he can't gamble or even fraternize or associate with gambling. On his own product. So, so you, think player, <laughs> you think Calvin Ridley probably had the same that. damn thing. Like he knew, he knew it was so written, but even if it's like two bucks, like you're still violating your contract. You're still up exactly. Yeah.
1: For like that. Calvin, Calvin Ridley could have, could have bet a dime. He could have bet a dime on the game and that's a breach of contract because he's not allowed to bet a single cent. But so I, yeah, the, 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 the Calvin Ridley comparisons are, I don't really like those, but like, I I don't know, man. Like I don't, I don't think Deshaun Watson should get to play football for the Cleveland Browns this year. And then, or at all. And then at that, like he's suspended for six games. And this is another point that I saw, like he suspended a, the Cleveland Browns have the easiest schedule in the NFL, but he's suspended for the six easiest games on the schedule. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so, so, really, I what effect I think does they only this have? Like,
0: I don't think they have any uh, divisional games in those first six weeks.
1: He misses a rematch against Baker Mayfield, who he never had any animosity with in the first place. Whoop-de-doo. Gets to miss the Jets. Like, man. Like, it, it's... I'm not mad at, the, at Judge Robinson, but... I'm mad at the NFL.
0: I'm mad that
1: this continues to happen in the NFL.
0: What can happen with this or because of this is the NFL within three days or after three days can appeal. And the appeal process doesn't go to judge Sue Robinson. It goes to the commission, the big Roger Goodell. And he gets to sit on the appeal hearing and kind of say, you know what you guys, the owners make a, damn good case as to why he should be suspended for an extra 10 games, making it a full season instead of, Oh, well, Sue Robinson, like, Oh, I've already made my decision. Like, thank you. Like maybe I'll add a couple more games. I think this ends up going to a 10 game suspension, um, which of course Watson can appeal and he's can actually also appeal this six games. But uh, I think the NFL would be happy if it's settled at eight, which I think is too little. So I think they're going to push it to 10. He will appeal that and they'll come down to 8 games and settle there. In yeah,
1: it's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah. I I mean the fact that like I don't know, man. Like I I think there's there's so much public outcry about this right now that something is going to give. The NFL somewhere suspicious though with the amount of
0: <laughs> games they given in the suspend like they'll they'll leak reports but this is a, a true and true like Sue Robinson's report has been finalized and it's six yeah. games so like, there's oh, so, so, much, so much
1: there's there's so not even just like you know us as fans like there there's so many NFL journalists credible NFL journalists coming out and saying this is a joke this needs to change Somebody needs to step in. So I, I think we will see some sort of appeal. I hope we see some sort of appeal with a little bit more of a severe sentence. Like, I, I think this needs to be another year-long indefinite suspension for him, but...
0: I, I think I think a year would be enough. And, like, also, you got to count, like, Brady got four games for deflategate because he lied to Goodell. Yeah. Uh Who was it? Someone else got a suspension... Uh, Because they kind of hid the fact and then came clean later. So their suspension got increased. Sean Watson has, A, maintained innocence through all of this. But B, don't forget the contract that he negotiated with the Cleveland Browns, where it gives him a minimal salary base for the first year. So if he was suspended like he is now, he's not losing millions of dollars. He's only losing a couple hundred thousand when you make a $15 million signing bonus for your first year, like uh, to me, like the NFL, if they do get the appeal process going, Goodell is going to be like, you tried to screw us over. You tried to F with us with your contract. Cause you knew this was imminent. Screw you. We're adding more games.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think settling 24 cases is an indication of innocence. 20.
0: He still has five civil suits that are out there regardless it's settling a case
1: involved. if you settle a case I don't it's think that an is an of indication guilt. of innocence
0: it's not in, it, it's not
1: uh it's not an admission of guilt no but it's not an, not an, of an guilt, indication not, of innocence either
0: yeah. sometimes it's just they sweep under the rug
1: so they don't get to look further into
0: the closet um
1: <laughs> I will say <laughs> if you're settling what are you hiding
0: um yeah there's like there's so many different ways to look at this I will say though with this whole uh deshaun watson situation we gotta like where where's therapy involved in this like if you're if you're a known sexual assailant sexual predator usually through the legal system you get put into some kind of court mandated therapy where you can talk about these issues and try to resolve some of them with a professional so i don't know they don't occur again whereas deshaun watson they're just like well as long as the team handles your masseuses. The Texans were enabling it. What makes you think the Browns won't? Like, hello? But mind you, if it's in violation of policy, then his entire contract's thrown out. That was very clear. So he violates it, violates the terms of this decision. Then he's screwed.
1: I mean, he, he shouldn't, already. shouldn't get 100 plus $50 million guaranteed as a sexual predator, but that's just me.
0: No. Nobody nobody that sick and perverted should get anywhere close to that amount of money. Dumb. Dumb dumb. Mind you, it is the Browns, so what else do you expect? Jimmy Haslam. Not the most outstanding individual. The these are, are the these record. are only
1: only things I would expect from the state of Ohio. <laughs> it gets back.
0: Oh god. Um hey. Um baby um I, was trying to think. I saw someone wearing Michigan uh Michigan outfit this weekend. I was I was about to start putting the block M up for them.
1: Oh dude, I, I just found out recently that uh one of my favorite bands is from Michigan, and like a while ago they had uh merch that was designed like the Michigan block and block M, but it had their the band name through instead of Michigan, and I was like <laughs> Why didn't I buy one of these immediately? And how can I get one now? Oh God. It's uh it's it's tough scene out there. Detroit denim blue uh Jack White vinyl there. Yeah, yeah. that was that was yeah. It's so the- actually, cool fact about Jack White. Uh just to close this episode out, uh, if anybody uh, listens to this podcast from Detroit, I'm gonna need you to start tearing apart couches. But uh so Jack White uh worked in a upholstery shop, like When he was like a teenager growing up, like in his twenties, whatever, just trying to make wages while he was trying to make this music thing happen. Um, But he was also heavily into like doing his own music, pressing his own records at that time too. So he had, there's a couple, um, I don't know how many there actually are. I'd have to go back and look it up. But there's a couple vinyl demos, like 45, like the 45 inch, uh, like singles. So there's a couple Jack White demo 45s. That he upholstered into like chairs and some chairs, some of the chairs or couches that he was working on. So anybody listens to this podcast in Detroit, just start tearing upholstery off the nearest thing you see.
0: Imagine if someone threw that in the dump, just like not knowing. There's
1: there's probably at least two or three of those records in the dump because nobody knows they were there. He didn't tell anybody that he did it.
0: No, they would just hope that they questioned his upholstery work and we're like what the hell is this so yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly so there's and i mean i think there are a couple that have been found and they are worth like exorbitant amounts of money people don't mess around with like vinyl reselling i've learned over the years that like vinyl reselling <laughs> is more lucrative than sneaker reselling let's get sneaker reselling you have to pay ungodly amounts for them to begin with you've pay ungodly amounts for vinyl too it's crazy this same band with the Michigan shirts I was telling you about—they put out. I, I'm I'm pulling up my shirt like we're like we're on video here. I'm like, like he's yeah, also the wearing shirt. the band's shirt. Like he's also yeah. Like like I also have shirt. it on even though I don't. Yeah, like the uh, but these like Michigan band shirts. So this same band they put out a vinyl in 2020. And I like hesitated on buying it. I was like, no, no, no. Like, this is a small band. Nobody really listens to the type of mi- type of music that I like to listen to anyways. But like, so I went to buy the record the other day. A, you can't find it. B, if you do find it, it's $250 for resale for a freaking vinyl record, man. I was like, what is this bullshoot? Some vinyls, man. You just can't, you can't help it. Do you know how much Frank Ocean's Blonde goes for? No. Over a grand. Shut up. Not kidding. To get blonde on vinyl, it's like over a $1,000. Same with Watch the Throne, like Kanye and Jay-Z. Okay, that would be kind of cool. Over a grand.
0: You wouldn't think of listening to like rap albums though on, uh, on vinyl. But here we are. I have a couple. Like
1: I have like a Mac Miller. I have Mac Miller's Swimming in Circles as a box set on vinyl and it's probably like one of my favorite vinyls I have.
0: All right. Uh, we're going to close out the vinyl talk with some Fox40Shop.com talk. If you want 50% off the worldwide leader in Whistle Tech, you can get coaches boards. You can get merchandise. You can get the works. Head over to foxphotoshop.com. Nautical equipment to before the season's over. Uh, and
1: just go to CFP15. Get 15% off all your Whistle needs. Uh, I think that does it. I think we're out. I think we're closed. So you guys know where to find us. At Wade Zank. At Connor O. R- at wow, no, that's not my handle. At Connor R O'Neill, at CF Perspective. Uh, man, it's been a it's been a Tuesday. We we were hot today. We were hot today. Lots to get to.
0: I'm excited that we are as we get closer to training camps. We will do our OUA prediction predictions, like record predictions. <laughs> we just have to work through all the different interlocking games and. Uh, discussing which teams are gonna win where. So uh, we will certainly get to that. But for now, enjoy the Tuesday. Enjoy the short week because we didn't have a long week again. Take care. It's not the first time that I've had to check my vital signs. I'm feeling just as dead as my
1: social life. I had nothing. On my- Bye.